This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. And I'm your host, Tyler Hurley, here with Robbie Lashua. What's up? What Sorry, is Sorry, I just up? took a sip of coffee right when you introduced I caught me. you on, on purpose. You yeah. know, I wanted people I to hear my... the slurp, the, yeah. oh, hello. <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah. There we go. So I'm that... here, though. I'm here, and I'm caffeinated. Yes, so that's exactly. Good. I am, too. So we got our <laughs> coffee here with us today. Um, we are super excited to be back with you guys today on another episode through the world's, uh, um, que- worldview questions mm-hmm. that we are covering in the past several episodes. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about the big one, Christianity. It's my favorite. It's my favorite too. Hopefully (laughs) it's your favorite. So we'll definitely talk about this. Uh, We personally would agree that this is the most livable uh, when it comes to the seven worldview questions. Most logical. Most most factual. I forgot the the three topics that we discuss at the end of every episode. Is it logical, factual, livable? Yep. We believe that Christianity is all three of those things. Spoiler alert. So we think it's the real, we think it's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. And so before we get into that today though, we Always, always, always have a coffee tip, and Robbie is mm-hmm. going to bring that for you guys today. Robbie, what do you got? Here's your coffee tip. So when you're making coffee at home, if you have just like a regular like Mr. Coffee machine, you know, drip coffee maker, mm-hmm. one way that's pretty easy to make your coffee exponentially better is to pre-infuse your grounds. Okay. So, okay. So when, when, you know how like pour overs are like the, the snooty thing at all the coffee <laughs> shops now. Yeah. Yeah. You can do the exact same thing with your coffee maker at home. So the problem is when you, when you're making drip coffee at home, you put the water in, you put the beans in, and then it starts just dumping water all over the beans and it starts dripping through immediately. Right. Right. Pour overs, what they do is they pour a little bit of water in just to soak the beans. So nothing's dripping out. Yeah. And they leave it for a little while, like a minute. Because what this does is it opens up the grounds. They call it the bloom. What's happening is when you put hot water over the grounds and let it sit for a second, is it releases carbon dioxide that mm. was built up from the roasting. All right? Okay. So the, the, what, what the problem is, is this, they'll say this opens up the bean. And technically, that is what's going on because um, if you just dump hot water on it to run through, the carbon dioxide will actually um, not let the water soak into the bean and extract flavor. It just like runs off of it. I can actually see that makes sense. Yeah, you can imagine it like, you know how like uh, when ducks go underwater, the water just like rolls off their back? Yeah, right. You can imagine it being like that. Okay, there we go. But if you soak it for a minute first, so what I would do is boil a little water. Yeah. Put your grounds in your coffee maker and then just dump a little bit, just enough to moisten it, huh. all of it, and let it sit there for a minute, then start your coffee You know maker. what? I, I think I remember you talking to me about this a while back. Have you done this before? Have you well, tried it? Well, with pour overs, that's what you're supposed to do. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah. But you can do it with your drip coffee maker. Right. It just, okay. It, it okay. literally, man, it takes an extra minute. Honestly, I'm going to do that. Yeah. It's very simple to do, but this will give you, I'm, t- I'm not kidding, exponentially better 
coffee. Oh, that's great to know. Well, I actually, I use drip coffee now. I've kind of yeah. like taken a step back from using the like espresso machine and stuff like that hey, because it, it's it, is, easy. it takes a little time. So yeah, I use yeah, drip coffee. It's easier. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. So that is a great way to make it taste better on a little bit more of a time crunch. So yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's, it, and try it. Like make a pot and then, and then make another one and, yeah. and test it out and see. You'll, you'll totally tell the difference. That sounds great. And it's yeah. just from letting the coffee bloom for 45 seconds to a minute and then starting the process. I like that. That's the coffee tip for today. That's a great tip, Robbie. Yeah, thanks. Well, we appreciate that. Uh, so, uh, let, if you guys try that at home too, let us know. Please, like, leave yeah. us a message and update us. We love to hear stories about how you guys are doing different things with your coffee. And if we give you a tip that you end up using and you like it, Absolutely. let us know. We'd love to hear about that. So, on for the topic today. Again, we are talking about Christianity, the big one, all right? Yep. We are going to be talking about the seven basic questions from James Sire's book, The Universe Next Door. And we've been talking about that book every episode of this series. We can't recommend it enough. Um, I've read through it several times myself, and it is a very, re very useful book uh, as a resource to come through and thinking of any worldview and how to address mm -hmm. that from a Christian perspective too. So it's very helpful and we would highly recommend that. Absolutely. Um, but getting into the, this discussion, we're going to start off with the questions in order this week because yep. some weeks we've kind of changed up the order a little yeah, bit. Postmodernism last week we had to go out of order. Yeah. Now, and for good reason, but we can go straight through. Yes. Yep. Today we are going to focus on the questions in so order. Question number one, according to Christianity, Tyler, what is ultimate reality according to Christianity? Yes. Ultimate reality. And most of you might've guessed this ultimate reality in Christianity is God. God is ultimate reality. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the God who revealed himself in the Bible is what we would believe. Cause there's a very specific thing of what we mean by God. Mm -hmm. Um, the triune transcendent, imitant, omniscient, and good, yep. right? All these things compiled into his nature. Yep. Uh, we believe that God is infinite, uh, Yahweh. He is who he is, according to uh, what we see in Exodus 3.14. There is no other that compares with him, and all else is secondary. Yeah, he's above everything. Above everything. Yep. He's yeah. infinite. Yep. Exactly. And so we also believe that God is personal, Okay, mm -hmm. so there are two characteristics of personality, and that's self-reflection and self-determination. Mm -hmm. God knows that He exists. Yes. Which, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. And that's kind of like he that sounds silly, exists. right? You laugh, right? Right. And I'm sure but some that's self-reflection. Yeah, yeah, but that's self-reflection, and so we have to acknowledge that. Yes, He is aware of His existence, and He poses characteristics of self-determination. He acts. He thinks, he wills, and we get all of this through scripture. Yep. yep. So he does things. He's personal. He's not a computer. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a person. Yeah. Not like the deist idea of God, nope. which we've talked about before, where it's like he just caused some everything and then yep. just stayed out of it. No, he acts. He has a will. Yep. He engages with it. Well, so, he has emotions too. He has he's emotion, a person. Yeah. yeah. He's a person. <laughs> exactly. Personal God. Mm -hmm. And so, and then the other thing that God is next on the list is that God is transcendent, right? Mm -hmm. God is holy, uh, holy other. He is beyond us above all, uh, none compares with him, but he is also imminent, imminent. He is here with us. He can be known. He chooses to be known and he chooses to dwell among us. But and that's, he, that's huge because that's a yeah. big distinction between the Christian God and the Muslim God. Yeah, you're right. The Muslim God is transcendent, but he's not imminent. He's not mm -hmm. close and, and knowable <coughs> in the way that the Christian God is. Yeah, he yep. is. He's with us. That's the thing. Yep. And so, yeah, that's a very important factor. 
Uh, he's beyond anything that you or I have ever seen, and yet he is closer to us than our own heartbeat. And that mm-hmm. is the Christian uh, idea there. Yeah, you think about how Scripture <laughs> describes God, right? You know the depths of my heart, and you love me the same. Yeah, he yeah. knows things about us that we don't know about ourselves. He knows you know, the hairs on your head. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many hairs are on my head. See, he knows more about me than I know about me, and yet he is wholly other, transcendent, beyond the universe. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. amazing. It yeah. is amazing. Right. And so then getting into the next uh, part part of God's characteristics is he is sovereign. He has sovereignty. Uh, Nothing in the whole universe is beyond God's ultimate interest, control, and authority. He Mm -hmm. is in control of everything. Yep. He is. That's what we mean, too, by saying he is the ultimate reality, right? Yeah. Ultimate reality is like defined as like what is the, the top? Like what is the thing that everything comes from? What is it like? How does this work? What does it flow through? That is the Christian God. That is mm-hmm. the idea. And so ne- lastly, you want to touch on God's goodness. Um, the essence of God's character is good. So mm-hmm. we talked about all the, his other attributes, but his goodness is very huge here. He does not merely act good. He is the definition of good, according to John uh, 1.5. Yeah. Sorry, 1 John 1.5. We know this because he literally, like all of morality, and especially like in the Christian worldview, that's mm-hmm. where it teaches that all of morality, everything good comes from God. Yep. And he is the definition of it. He's the standard by which we measure it. Exactly. So he meaning, doesn't just act nice. Yeah. He, yeah. he is goodness. Cause yeah. a, a way that I like to think about it is that, um, evil isn't really like a substance. Well, neither is good, but, mm-hmm. but good, God is the substance of good. That's the way I like to think about it. And yeah. meaning evil is the lack of the good. lack of it. Yeah. Exactly. The lack of substance. Yeah, yeah. And the lack of the substance of God. So yep. that's kind of my favorite way of thinking about that. It kind of puts it into perspective, but that is the first worldview question. What is ultimate reality? It's God. And that yep, is the, the Christian idea, God, the yep. Christian God. And that is the idea in the Christian worldview as we described. Yep. And there's so much we could talk about with each of these. Like I, yeah, at, at Mission yeah. Bible Institute, I teach a, I teach a 12 week <laughs> class on this. Of course. And each week we, we take two and a half hours to talk about each of these questions. And so we're, we're barely scratching the surface, but to give you the right. whole idea, we have to, we have to move quickly. Yeah. And th- this is something again, like we can spend so long. We don't yeah. even fully understand and comprehend all of who God is. Well, and, and, and we never yeah. will because he's beyond Exactly. Us, and he always will be more than we can handle mentally. Right. Um, but question number two, so moving on to mm-hmm. what is the nature of external reality or the universe, right? Um, we would say that God created the universe and the, the Christian term in Latin is ex nihilo, mm-hmm. from nothing. He created it out of nothing. Uh, and it operates with a uniformity of cause and effect, and this is important, in an open system. So let me break this down. So God created the universe from nothing. He didn't make the universe out of himself. He didn't right. create it as part of his substance because he's not material. God is spirit. So he created the material universe from nothing. And actually, Big Bang Cosmology backs this up. So that is a yeah. fa- there's a factual piece to it, right? All right. Um, the Christian worldview is a worldview of twoism. So, you know, with pantheism, it, we were talking about how, like, the divine spirit runs through all of creation. We do not believe that in the Christian worldview. God is wholly other than his creation. They're not intertwined. They are um, able to have relationship and communicate. Yeah, yeah. But God is not in the table. 
right? right? God is not, but he, but he created the universe. Okay. So that's important. <clears throat> Creator and creation. Um, we also believe that God created the universe to be orderly and not chaotic. Mm -hmm. Now, some people will say, well, then why is it chaotic? Well, because that's where sin comes in. Yeah, right. And sin broke the world that God made good. Mm -hmm. So that's that's our answer for that. But um, he created it to work in an orderly fashion. And to be honest with you, all scientific discovery is based on the assumption that the universe is orderly and we can figure it out. Yeah. So uh, the Christian worldview is what undergirded science starting. Um, and actually, the greatest scientists by far throughout Western culture are all Christians. They are. And like, like yeah. not, even, not even close. Yeah. Uh, Jay Warner Wallace just came out with a new book called Person of Interest, and he talks about that, and he lists oh, that's it. Cool. And it is ridiculous. But, I mean, it is ridiculous how Christianity has undergirded scientific discovery. Absolutely. Um, no other worldview's done that. Um, and that's not... Like, that's not hyperbole. That's fact. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Can, you can check into it. Um, so uh, the other thing that's really important for us is we say that, the, that this universe that God has made is an open system. So this means that the world operates in cause and effect most of the time, but it isn't determined. It isn't merely cause and effect because there is a supernatural, not supernatural, there's a metaphysical reality to the universe. Right. And that would be, part of me is metaphysical. Yeah. I am a physical body, but I also have a soul. Yeah, right? of course. So there's a metaphysical aspect to me and there's a physical aspect to me. So the universe works in a cause and effect uh, way, typically, but it isn't determined because it is open to reordering by God. Mm -hmm. And we see this through miracles. He can reorder how things are working to where a miracle is when things don't work the way that they typically work cause and effect wise. Yeah. Right? Walking on water, raising the dead, things like that. And the world can also be reordered by human beings. And a couple of ways yeah. we, we see this is at the fall, uh, Adam and Eve reordered the universe. <laughs> they broke the world. <laughs> um, and, and, and Paul talks about how uh, that through birth pangs, right, the earth groans for the children of God to be revealed because we broke it and, and we brought um, um, fraction to it. And now animals don't obey us. Animals eat us, things like that. So yeah. we actually can through our free will, decide certain things and change the course of history. And one of the ways we can do this is choosing to believe in Jesus or not. Right, yeah. He allows us to make the choice to believe or not, and that choice determines where we're going to spend eternity. Exactly. So yeah. it's, it's a serious world. It's not silly where everything's determined and I have to do what I do. Yeah, there are right. counterfactuals. I can choose to do other than I do. Exactly. And so that's, that's, that's important. That's very important to talk yep. about. Yeah. I love this quote by James Sire. He says, if the universe were not orderly, our decisions would have no effect. If the course of events were determined, our decisions would have no significance. So mm. theism declares that the universe is orderly, but not determined. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's so good. It's, it's so it's very good. good. So that's what we think. External reality is created by God from nothing and it works in a cause and effect system, but it's open. It's not determined. Yes. And that's a great way to describe it there. Um, now moving on to question number three, right? Uh, what is a human being? Mm. Uh, human beings are created in the image of God and therefore possess personality, self-transcendence, intelligence, morality, 
and created creativity. That's mm-hmm. kind of the idea of a human being. They encompass these characteristics of God. Yeah. Um, because we, we're made like him. We are. Yeah. Exactly. And we see in Genesis 1, 26 to 27, humans are created in his image and are therefore like God. Uh, the creation that is the most like God. Yep. Because uh, God has created other things. There's plenty of other animals. There's fish. Uh, there's other living things. But human beings were created intrinsically with the value of being like their creator. Yep, that's right. Yep, and so uh, humans uh, possess self-determination or reflection. Uh, We are self-conscious and self-determined. We act and think on our own, uncoerced, right? That's an important part. We have free will. Mm -hmm. Uh, Human beings do not merely act according to their environment, but instead according to their character and nature, just like God does. Yes, and that's important because... Okay, so like, yeah, just really quick, get into our, you know, our free wills. Um, your character <laughs> can determine the choices you make. Absolutely, it can. So, like, um, for good or for bad, actually. So, this is yeah. really interesting. So, like, free will choices you make in the past can enslave you in the future from being able to make free choices. Oh, well, that's true. And so, right? Yeah, like, yeah. if you, uh, uh, let's say you do heroin when you're 16 years old. Sure, yeah. You get addicted. When you're 20, you can't choose not to be addicted. You've lost the freedom to choose, according to your will, not to be an addict. Yeah. Because of a free will choice you made in the past. But you can choose to get into a recovery program and to make steps towards having that freedom back. Yeah, of See, course you can. So that's, that's how it works. Um, uh, so... So that's what character is. You know how there's some people, like, you know, if you heard, oh, this guy was out last night and he got really mad at somebody for being a Milwaukee Bucks fan, and sure. he killed them. If I heard if I heard that about some people, I, I would say, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. If I heard it about other people, I'd be like, no way. Yeah. Right? What is, what is that, Tyler? That's called character. character. Right. I know who the person is. They couldn't have done that. Exactly. It's like in the example you just said about uh, the person who was addicted to heroin, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Say that it's me, right? Like like you said, like I, I'm 23 years old. Let's say that, um, uh, for the first time I just decided people claim that uh, for the first time Tyler did heroin. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is like, would you believe it right away? Because that's the thing, like, like how would you? Really I wouldn't determine believe that? it. That's what yeah. I mean. Because you know, in my character, I've never done drugs throughout my life. Yeah. So uh, I mean, maybe I did, but oh, it's, it's possible. It's but possible, yeah. but it's not within my character. And that's yeah. what we're trying to point out here. It's that your character and choices mm-hmm. that you've done in the past, like me not doing drugs my whole life, mm-hmm. that can kind of build and believe, like, oh yeah, he's probably not going to. Well, and think about it. The choices you made in the past not to do drugs have freed you not to be addicted to drugs right yeah, now. Yeah, there we go. So that's so, another way of putting so, it. Yeah. And that's character development. So as we develop good character, we actually enjoy more freedom. Yeah, of course. It's interesting, yeah. So there we go. So um, our decisions, another going moving on with this, mm-hmm. our decisions originate within us in our wills. That's another factor. Yeah, we're nature. not determined. Mm-hmm. We are where the buck stops when it comes to our decisions. Yeah. Now, yeah. we can have peer pressure, and there can be environmental factors, but that's why we hold people accountable to go to jail when they make a bad decision, because we say you could have chose differently, right? Yes, exactly, yep. exactly. Um, and then the people just are, they show the image of God in themselves and that they are transcendent above their environment. In that mm-hmm. way. 
Uh, nothing forces God to do anything except his character, right? That's something else that is interesting is that humanity chose to act according to their character in a similar way, except when being forced to, right? Yes. Typically we don't do anything unless it's according (laughs) to our will and our character, um, bad character or good character, but we can't be forced to have to do something except maybe you'd say when you're tortured. Right. You get forced to, but you don't have to actually. Well, you don't. That's true. It's just really hard not to. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, so that, that's kind of the idea here. It's, um, human beings also possess intelligence. That's another aspect of how created in God's image possess intelligence, the capacity for reason and knowledge, uh, with morality, the capacity for recognizing right and wrong. And then, um, sorry, gregarious, gregariousness. Thank you. Uh, the characteristic and desire and need for human companionship community, especially in the male and female aspect. Yeah. We have, we need community. We need people. Mm -hmm. Gregariousness. We need each other. We need friendship. We need relationship. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then that's another, another aspect of God, right? Because God is a Trinity. He lives in a constant, perfect relational harmony with himself being the, the father, the son, and the Holy spirit. Um, there's, uh, and then, and the creativity, that's lastly, uh, this factor is that the ability to imagine new things or to endow old things with new significance, that is a power and ability that God has in his nature. And he gave that to us. Yeah. He created us to in be a creative way. And one of the ways he tells us that we can create, it's fascinating because he created image bearers of himself yeah. and then he tells us to create image bearers of ourselves. Yeah. Like my yeah. kids look like me and my wife. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And how I, I was given, like literally, I was given this power to make those things. Yeah. It's weird, right? Where did it come from? It's just innate to what we are as human beings. We have the power to create image bearers of ourselves. And we were actually commanded to and blessed with that ability. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Humans create beautiful things, right? We create beauty like paintings, music, murals, right? Um, If you think about it, human beings can't help but exhibit the image of God in them when it comes to creativity and even non-Christians. Because again, we believe that Christianity is the truth for all people, whether they believe it or not. Yeah. But human beings are creative. Uh, and, and that goes with what the Bible says. So you think about like cell phones, right? Mm-hmm. Cell phones are amazing um, and they're extremely creative. And what have they helped us to do? Well, they help me be more omnipresent. Yeah, I can talk to people across the globe. I can Facebook with people. I can Instagram message. I can I can interact relationally. So my gregariousness now has a larger sphere like my dad who I that, was made to be like. That's a great point. I've never actually thought of that of the desire of human beings like wanting like to be connected through social media and stuff like that yeah. is being an attribute of God's omnipresence. It is. You're absolutely right though. We're, it is. We're exhibiting I didn't think who of that. we are we're like him in that way and we strive to be and that's not a bad thing we strive to be like who we were made to be so cell phones help us do that yeah um another thing you think about uh modern day medicine mm-hmm. what is modern day medicine trying to do it's trying to reverse the curse of death yeah it is that's a good thing mm-hmm. because god jesus came to reverse the curse now we can't ultimately do it with pills right but we can help people to push it and stave it off for a while of course that's an awesome thing uh what about air conditioning yeah 
It's helping reverse the curse, right? Man, Phoenix would be a miserable place to live. I don't think anyone would actually live here. Only crazy people, right? Yeah, no way I, would no. anybody live here uh, unless yeah. that happened. But you think about all these inventions that have been made medically and like air conditioning and food and what are they doing? They're prolonging life, which is something that's a, a, a image of God type thing because he wants to give us eternal life. Yeah. But the thing is, he's the only one who can offer real eternal life. But we're made in his image, so we can kind of prolong things. Yeah. We can kind of help of out. Course. We can figure out this isn't good for you. That's not good for you. It's amazing. So human beings are made in the image of God, and we have this idea of how things should be. And that's mm. why we try to help stave off death. And that's why we try to create. We also have this ability to create things out of nothing. Yeah. And this is fascinating to me. Not completely out of nothing, but you think about a poem or a song that somebody writes, that song and those notes and that time signature didn't exist prior to them creating it. Yeah, you're so God, absolutely right. God gives us an ability to create ex nihilo mm. in a sense. It's fascinating. Yeah. And so human it's beings, yeah. yeah, human beings have this phenomenal uh, creativity that God has made us with, <laughs> and our creativity exhibits the attributes of God yeah, that we yeah. possess. It's, it's fantastic, dude. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think yeah. that a human being is just an amazing thing. And the image of God, we could talk about that for, of for months on the show. But again, we don't have time. We got to keep moving. Right. So, yep. Tyler, what is question number four? Yeah, so question number four is that at death, right? Well, sorry, what happens to a person at death? That's the question. Mm -hmm. I was about to read the answer already before <laughs> we got the question. Uh, what happens to a person after death, right? Uh, the Christian worldview teaches that at death, a person is either separated from God forever mm -hmm. or has fellowship with him forever, right? Yep. And that's heaven or hell. Yep. That's what that and is. See, and see, that, and that's where, again, we can't get into everything, but mm -hmm. we also believe with, with a human being that we were created without sin and then our decisions in an open system yes. brought the fall, which infected us with this problem. So mm -hmm. now we have a bent towards evil. Yeah. And we need help with that. And Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross provides that help and that atonement, that forgiveness, and that new birth that we need in order to be qualified for heaven. Of course. But he doesn't force it on us. He doesn't shove it down our throat. Right. It's, it's free will. It's a choice. Yeah. It's a choice. And yep. so, uh, yeah. So then w with that being said, which being the gospel, right? Yep. Um, after death, regardless, like depending on what your decision was on that and how you approach that, a person can either be separated from God eternally or have fellowship with him eternally. Yep. Uh, so this answer shows uh, the co coherence of this worldview, right? If human beings that are created in the image of God live in open, undetermined system of cause and effect, their choices will have consequences that reach into eternity. Yep. And see, so it's logical. So right? exactly. That's where it comes into a place of being logical. Mm -hmm. It's not something that just happens to you regardless of what you do. It's no. Like, and it's not, it's not determined and it's not fate and it's not, yeah. and there's no, what you choose really has serious consequences yeah, to it absolutely. one way or the other. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm going to read a quote from uh, one of my favorite Christian authors, G.K. Chesterton. He once said, hell is a monument to human freedom. Mm. And, and, and that's so true. Yeah, it There's is. so much truth in that. Yep. Um, because uh, like we just said, it is a free will based 
environment that God has created for us. It is yep. some, and, and if you want to, to accept his free gift of eternal yeah. life, he welcomes you with open arms. And if mm-hmm. you want to reject him, he welcomes the rejection. Absolutely. Yep. And he respects the rejection. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So according to this worldview, a person either enters into an un oh, sorry, an ultimately fulfilling relationship with the one being who can fulfill them, or they are separated from this being for all eternity. Based on their choice. Based on their and choice. We, we've had episodes on hell and does God send people to hell? And we would say people send themselves to hell. Yeah. People choose hell over heaven. So Yep. Well, let's yep. go on to question number five. Uh, how can we know anything? And we believe we can know things because God has built into us the capacity to know the world around us and to know God himself. So this capacity isn't only the physical world, but he also built within us the capacity to know the metaphysical world, mm. the supernatural world. Yeah. Because we are physical, but we're also supernatural. That's what a human being is, body and soul, right? metaphysical and physical. Um, We also believe that God takes the active role in communicating with us. So because he knows all things um, and we're made in his image, we can know some things, right? Of course, yeah. (laughs) That's that's an aspect of it. Um, But God has taken the initiative in um, communicating with us. And there's two ways that he communicates to human beings. Uh, we call these uh, natural revelation mm-hmm. or natural theology yeah. and special revelation. So God has made a universe that we can observe and we can uh, deduce certain things about who he is. Mm-hmm. Like we can deduce there's somebody who made all this stuff. Yeah, it's here. Right. We can deduce that the person who made all this stuff uh, likes colors. Sure. We can deduce yeah. that the person who made all this stuff likes exquisite beauty because of sunsets and stars, yeah. and, right? Yeah. Uh, we can deduce that the person who made all this is uh, smart and orderly because there's rain and there's growth of plants and it's not like chaotic. It's right. somewhat yeah. ordered, right? We can deduce that the person who made all of this um, uh, is kind to all people because rain falls in all places of the earth, right? Um, yeah, p- we could deduce he's patient because he's not killing, uh, you know, the, the evildoer right away. He seems patient about things. Yeah, so we can deduce right. a lot, but there are some things we couldn't d- deduce just from creation. And that's why we needed special revelation. And that's what we have in the Bible in God revealing himself to the Israelites and telling them things and through history, seeing him follow through on his word, through prophecy, mm-hmm. through things like that. So scripture, uh, things we couldn't deduce on our own, we, we would never figure out God's a trinity just from nature. We needed him to tell yeah, us. We'd right. never figure out that salvation is by grace. We'd always think we had to work for it. And that's what every religion believes. So we needed special revelation too. So we can know God because he created us with a capacity to know. Um, and mm. he created a knowable world and he takes the initiative to communicate yes. through special revelation and through general revelation. Yeah. And so that is question number five there. Yep. There we go. So moving on now to question number six, um, basically, uh, how do we know right and wrong? Right and wrong. Where does mm-hmm. it come from? Yeah. Where does it come from? Uh, ethics is transcendent and is based on the character of God as good, holy, and loving, right? Well, we talked about this a little bit earlier. I've talked about like God's yep. essence and what is sin, what is the lack, yeah. which is the lack of good, which is a lack of God. Um, that is kind of what it stems from. Uh, no one can get away from the idea that some things are right and some things are wrong. It is inherent in us. It is something it that is. God designed in us. Little kids understand that. Of course. That's not fair. Yeah. Where do they get that idea of fairness from? It's instilled in them. Yeah. They just know. Yeah. And so uh, that's very fascinating. And so there is 
also an absolute standard to which morality is held to. The standard is God, his mm-hmm. character, right? The objective morality is real in the Christian worldview. Yep. And it comes from God. That There's a moral law giver. That's where it's from. We exactly. don't create yeah. it. Yeah, we he, discovered mm-hmm. it. And he told us about it. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and it's interesting because he told us about it in two ways. One of the ways we know that there are morals in the world is through a conscience. Mm-hmm. So we have an, in, an inner governor. Yeah. Um, but we also have God's word revealing mm-hmm. what his standards are. And so, yeah, he has communicated to us what ethics are and the standards by which uh, we are to be held. Exactly. And so, yeah, they are not subjective. Yep, so there we they go. They're objective. They're out there. Yep, that's ethics according to Christianity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then question number seven, what's the purpose of human history? Um, the Christian view is that history is linear. It's not cyclical like the pantheistic monistic view. History is linear. It had a beginning and it has a destination point. So there's a meaningful sequence of events that's leading to the fulfillment of God's purpose for humanity. So uh, the actions of people are part of a meaningful sequence that has a beginning, that has a middle, that has an end. Uh, History isn't reversible. I can't go back and change yesterday, right? Right. Um, It's not cyclical and it's definitely not meaningless. We are going somewhere. We're directed towards an end. And the Alpha and the Omega, Jesus, he knows the beginning from the end, right? Yeah. He has a purpose and he has a plan for us. So uh, the events that we know of in history are extremely meaningful. The creation is meaningful. The fall is meaningful. The revelation of God to the Israelites is meaningful. Yeah. The incarnation of Jesus Christ is meaningful. The crucifixion and resurrection is meaningful. Uh, Pentecost was meaningful. The spread of the gospel around the world is meaningful. And the future coming second advent of Christ, when Jesus Christ comes back to this earth, is meaningful, Mm. right? So God uses history too as a way of revealing himself to human beings. Yeah. Prophecy needs time, Mm. right? It's not, it's not, if you're just saying events as they happen, anybody could do that. But if you foretell something thousands of years in the future that's going to happen, and then you wait a thousand years for it to happen, people can go, whoa, this guy knows the future. I don't know the future. Right? Yeah. And so he uses history to reveal who he is. Um, History is the record of the involvement and concern of God in human events because he's not just transcendent, he's imminent. And Mm. history is the divine purpose of God in concrete form. Yes. And it is being directed towards an end, towards a goal, because Mm. God is in control of all things. Of course. So that's, I mean, again, a very quick summary of the Christian worldview. Yeah, yeah. But it's something that we need to address and we wanted to break it down for you guys as simple as possible because yep. that is important. And so now moving on to the three questions that we always ask at the end of this. Well, because we've got to assess this according to the same criteria. Of right? course we do. Yep. So is it logical? Is it factual? And is it livable? That's what we're going to be focusing on next. Yep. Um, so right off the bat, is it logical? Yes. Within itself. Within itself. Just as a story, as a system. Yeah. Yes, it is logical. It is something that, uh, I mean, people may disagree with it. Mm -hmm. That's fine. And like we get into all those other things. Yep. But does it, can it be logically, philosophically make sense? Yes. The idea of it. And yes, it does. Yep. So there you go. 
Uh, now, is it factual? Now, this is where a lot of people uh, disagree with the Christian Yeah, does this describe the real world? Yeah, right? yeah. And uh, that's, that's something where people argue about is, does the supernatural exist? Uh, yep. Is the Bible the words of the true God? Is that like, these are all f questions that come into play. And then that's where apologetics is a big role, right? Yes. It's to come in and answer these questions and say, okay, yeah, is it factual? Uh, we believe it is. And that's the thing. And that's kind of the whole goal of the podcast. It's mm -hmm. that we're trying to show people, Christians and non-Christians alike, but mainly Christians. We want Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Yep. Uh, and to do that, you need apologetics. You need to answer these questions and you need to address the factual side of Christianity. And that's absolutely where apologetics fits in is, is it factual? Mm -hmm. Does this make sense with the real world? Did yeah. this guy really rise from the dead? Of course. Right? Yep. Did that actually happen? That's, that's, that's apologetics. Yes. Um, and again, we believe, yes, it is factual and, and we don't just believe it is, but we believe there's evidence for it being factual. Yeah, of course. Which is awesome, right? Yeah. And, and it lines up with being livable, which is what we're going to get into next. Yeah. And so... <laughs> The idea of Christianity being livable. Now, so the, mm. the, the expectation of God when it comes to morality is that we are perfect. Right. Now, since we have sin in our life, that isn't livable, to be perfect. Yeah. Right. And so a lot of people will, will argue that Christianity isn't livable because you have such a high standard of morality. I mean, Jesus taught if you've hated your brother, it's like murder. If you've looked yeah. on a woman with lust, it's like adultery. Right. And, and the people at the time said, who can even do that, man? Like, that's a standard none of us can do. Exactly. And that's the point. None of us can do it. So, so when people say, oh, Christians are hypocrites, I mean, it, it's true sometimes. Yeah. But, but the Christian belief is that all of us, fall short of God's standard of perfection. Mm -hmm. Be holy as I'm holy. None of us yeah. are. None of us are. So the Christian view is that Jesus came and was that perfection for us, was that holiness for us. And if we trust in him, his righteousness, his good life gets applied to my terrible life. Yeah, yeah. And that's where it becomes livable because it's something that you can constantly mess up with. And it's... yes. It's still consistent. And it teaches you fall short. Exactly. We all know, every human being knows that. That's why we say things like, well, nobody's perfect because we know yeah. we all fall short. Or I'm only human, right? Some <laughs> standard, which means, which implies there's some standard out there I know I don't live up yeah, to. Yeah, right. And it's yeah. not something I made up. It's something objective out there. Right. But the Christian worldview says that Jesus came and lived it out for us. So we're not hypocritical in the fact that we can't live up to the morality of the Bible because the Bible teaches we can't live up to it mm. and we needed Jesus to do it for us. That is the point of Christianity. None of us live up to God's standard, all fall short, and we need help. But sometimes people will see it's not livable because your morality nobody can do. Yeah. But that's what we're saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nobody can do it. We needed Jesus to do it. Right. So sometimes I think people don't understand that. And, and to be honest, sometimes Christians act like they're better than people. Yeah, of course. Which is just not what Christianity teaches. It's a stupid, uh, not, I don't want to say stupid well, person, but it's a misconception of who we're supposed to be. Well, that's how it is. And the thing is, is um, uh, Christians fall into the, the play of um, a lot, that a lot of people fall into mm -hmm. of believing that because they, they know the truth, 
And everybody thinks they know the truth, right? Sure. Except it doesn't matter what we think. It's a matter of what's objective. Yes. And, and we would believe that a Christian believes in the objective truth, the objective reality, mm-hmm. but that could also mean that the Christian can be a jerk about it and can treat other people like they have the ultimate understanding of the universe because they do, yep. but they flaunt it. They, you know, that, things like that. Well, and this is, and that's th- where, that's a good point. Yeah. I, I want to say this because, because I've talked like, you know, I have friends that are atheists, yeah. friends that are Mormons and stuff. And so sometimes I've found within mm. the church, people get upset at the Christian worldview because of followers of the Christian worldview. Yeah. So Tyler, let me ask you a question. Cause you've grown up going to church. Mm-hmm. Have people in church ever treated you bad? Uh, people in church have actually treated me worse than any uh, anywhere else. In the world. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Okay, yeah, I'm, I agree not, I'm not kidding. That's just the truth. Yeah, I would agree not, with that. Not everyone that's the case, but for me that was. Yeah, yeah the the most hurt I've ever had yeah. has been from people who go to church and they're believe from in fellow Jesus. Fellow Christians, yeah, yeah. So so the, the the fact that they're Christians doesn't mean they act perfect at all. Yeah. Um, but the other side of it is like I asked my 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 atheist friend once because he was complaining about how other atheists were treating him. And I remember him saying that one of the reasons he walked away from Christianity is because people were mean. And I yeah. said, oh, so atheists are mean? Well, yeah. Well, then that must mean atheism is not true, right? Well, That's no, it, it doesn't. Because yeah. you can't judge a worldview based on people who say they follow it. Yeah. You have to judge it based on is it logical? Is it factual? Is it livable? What are the adherents of it? What are the doctrines of it? All of that stuff. But I did want to point out that Every group of people, every type of belief in the world has people that are mean yeah. to other people. Yeah. So that doesn't eliminate Christianity from being true. It just means that all humanity has this problem of being mean to each other. It's true. Yeah. That's the case. And that's something that we have to come to terms with because it, yeah. and, and honestly, if that happened to you too, like, I mean, it, I'm sorry, first off, because it's, it sucks. Like people... Uh, do wrong, especially, and it hurts even a little more when it comes from the church with people who know God's law and know mm-hmm. God's will and understand, and yet they turn against it. And that's where we have to understand too, like uh, the sin nature, right? That's what we talked about with human beings. And that we also, if you look at yourself, um, my, if I look at myself, I've hurt a lot of people in the church. Mm-hmm. I've done that a lot. I've made a lot of mistakes throughout my life, just as much as other people have hurt me. Yeah. And that's something that we need to come to and, terms and with. Every and every human yeah. being has. Every it doesn't human matter being has. what you believe. Yeah. All yeah. of us have made mistakes. We all mm-hmm. know that. It's and absolutely what The Bible true. says we all fall short yeah. of the glory of God, right? No, none is righteous. No, not one for all yeah. have sinned. We all know that. Right. But that's yes. why we need Jesus. And so I do think Christianity is the most, uh, it's the best worldview going yeah. easily. It is logical. I believe it's factual. And that's mm-hmm. why we do apologetics to even discover more ways that it's evidenced. Yeah. And then it is livable. It is a livable worldview where every day I'm walking in relationship with Jesus saying, I need your help because I can't do this. Yeah. I need your forgiveness. I'm sorry I, I did that. I, I repent of that. I confess my sins mm. and I keep short accounts of sins with God because I want to have a relationship with him. And so um, it is. The morality of Christianity too leads to a thriving life. It's crazy. Like it's better to live what the Bible says. And there's actually been studies done for non-Christians living according to biblical morals thrive in life. It's yeah. crazy. So, um, I'm a Christian because it's true, not because it works, but because it's true. Yeah. I'm a Christian because it is the real 
world. It is what's actually going on out there. And Jesus is real. He rose from the dead, and he offers salvation to anybody who will believe in him. What he wants, the currency that God works with us in, Mm. is trust. Not commitment, not church attendance, not money. It's trust. Do you trust that he did what he said he did? And will you trust him? Yeah, that's faith. And so if you haven't trusted in that, you need to trust in what Jesus did. Read the Gospel of John and see all the places Jesus says, believe, 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 believe that I am he, believe that I've come to the world, believe on the Lord Jesus, you'll be saved. All the places that talk about believe, because that is what you need to do in order to be saved. Well, hey, thanks so much for being with us on this episode. We hope that this uh, series on worldview has been really beneficial to you. Go back and listen to it too and try to see the differences between the different worldviews we've talked about. Critique them. Think about how you defend Christianity. Think about how you talk to friends who aren't Christians about their worldview because we want to use this stuff to make an impact. It's cool to know it and it's good to be built up in your faith with truth. But we also need to go out and share truth with other people because we love them and we want them to know who Jesus is. Well, hey, thanks so much for being with us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. And we will be back next week with a new episode. If you enjoyed the show and felt that this podcast was beneficial to you, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you become a Level 4 supporter on our Patreon page, you can get yourself one of our stoneware, Christ Culture, and Coffee mugs, as well as a t-shirt and a sticker. We are available on all podcasting platforms, as well as YouTube, and we are also available on all social media platforms. Thanks so much for listening to Christ Culture and Coffee.